0: thanks again for listening to the Indiana Bible College podcast. I want to make you aware of an important date coming up at IBC, and that's Indiana Bible College live recording. That happens February 2nd, 2018 at seven thirty in the evening. Tickets are on sale now. You can visit go to ibc.com forward slash live. Thanks again for tuning in today. Today we have a sermon by Brother Jim Sleva, a missionary to Germany for several years and has been on staff at Indiana Bible College for a number of years as well. He preaches a message entitled, The Group I'm Most Worried About. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for all the good things you've given to us. And Lord Jesus, I stand here in awe today of what you've done. It's not about us, God. It's been all about you. It's always been about you. This is what you wanted to do. It's what you wanted to make. Probably want to change everything anyway. So, I don't know. We'll see where that goes to. First of all, let me say thank you so much for allowing me to be able to speak. I, I remember just, um, I was sitting back kind of over by Jeriah somewhere back over there during service, and, and everyone's worshiping up here. And I really felt like God just dropped something in my heart, like, whoa. And um, so at the end of the service, we're all kind of standing there and just out of clear blue, but guys, guy says, Brother Sleeve, you have something you want to say? And I'm like, oh, man, it's going to take more than a second to say this. And so I just mentioned to him afterwards, and, and so I appreciate very much the opportunity to, to share. I feel something God wants to speak to all of us. Um, uh, thanks for being such an awesome student body, too. By the way, let me just start with that. Um, it is an honor for me to be able to speak to you. Because I am looking at superintendents of districts. I'm speaking to youth presidents. I'm speaking to people who will have powerful ministries. Um, and I know that for a fact because God has called you. And over the years I've been here, uh, I've seen students, what God does with students. So it's, it's what he does. I feel, a matter of fact, I could point out some people right now that I'm sure you have a very anointed ministry. It may not be visible to anybody else yet, but God's not in time, and so you can see things. If you can just get God's mind, sometimes you can see things, what's going to be, and so for that reason, I'm very humbled to be able to speak to such an awesome crowd, um, because you're going to be shocked at what God's going to do. Um, yeah. Where did I start with there? Um, yeah, so I'm very thankful for this opportunity. Um, you know, I've been here uh, a few years, um, so I guess it kind of starts with, I'd already probably been teaching here a decade when you folks were still in diapers. I've been here 29 years. That's been a week or two, um, my 29th year. And yeah, I I remember the day we were in the chapel services, God's calling you, dealing with your life. Uh now, this is almost embarrassing. Sister Galliam, I can remember, do you remember when I used to lead worship every Tuesday? This is the joke of all jokes. This was so pathetic back in the day. I was by demand, not because I wanted to, but then just says, just leave, we do need worship today. Um, did you ever have to play? I hope not. Did you ever have to play for me when I was leaving? Oh, my goodness. Look how much things have changed. They would usually ask me seconds, before service is starting. What are you singing today? And I usually say, hmm, not sure yet. Uh, let's start with, so that's how good our practice was. Does that make all, all the musicians just want to throw up right now? I mean, hopefully they don't teach you. I know they don't teach you that anymore because you have very excellence. I mean, it's like if you don't go through a song 25 times uh, just to play for a nursery crowd, it's, um, I mean, you guys have got it together and niche. Um, And so, man, you just really had a... um, Of course, I have excuses why it was that way. Um, Usually, I had to be fixing the boiler all night long, and 200 other things was broke somewhere. And so, um, I'm not sure I was... Yeah, It was just a different day, let's put it that way, okay? Uh, The the point being is that I've watched what God has done with people's lives. And so, here we were in these little pathetic, nothing beginnings. Um, I mean, when I first saw... The third floor of the girls' dorm, half the windows were busted out, and pigeons were flying in and out of it. I heard a gasp over there. Please don't inhale all the same time. We won't be able to breathe. Um, but, man, it was just like, it was just so, uh, it was a different world back then. It really was. And uh, it, there, was, uh, there was no budget. Um, man, uh, yeah, there just wasn't. And so, when I look at all the things that, the awesome things, though, that God has done, when it wasn't we had it together, we didn't have nothing together. It was pretty sorry, but we did have the Spirit of God. There was a calling from God. It was what He wanted to do. Um, Yeah, even Sister Rodenbush was back in those days, too, in in our little group. Um, So, I'm, I'm awed. At how much God has done, I know it seems like I'm taking a long time for introductions, but there's um, that's actually part of my message. Sorry, Um, so I'm very thankful for what God has done, for the honor to be able to speak and have served uh, lowly these 29 years. Not quite up to Melchizedek yet, but getting there. And um, and here's what I want you to know: If God has been doing that, He's not going to stop. He's not going to get old. He's not going to fade out on us. Even though you might say, ah, but I don't have it together. Man, who did? Brother Turner, isn't that true? Who had it together? Um, Bobby Kilman was in our classes. Look what he is now. Man, how do you? So I am happy for you to exceed anything I am. This isn't a competition like who's better, you or me. Well, I've been here all Nothing like that at all. I would be thrilled to death if all you guys could just smoke the daylights out of my track record for the Lord. And you've just done awesome things for the Lord. The reason being because it gives him glory. That's the whole point. So I want him to look good. And So um, anyway, uh, where shall I start at? Uh, it it kind of comes down like this. So we're, um, man. This is a carpeted building here, a carpeted chapel. Uh, I remember our first chapel had a tiled floor and was about to, a little bit smaller than the size of this platform. It was our first little chapel area. We had to knock some walls out to keep making it bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, but what we started with and what God has done, it's been awesome. Uh, you kind of focus on it. You put attention. You pour effort into it. Uh, you've polished up the music program, you've uh, Kilman's brought our theology department, our mission program. We got a campus pastor. We weren't even a campus pastor back in my day. Um, so, I mean, just all the things that have been added, when I say my day, I mean in the early days. Uh, so all these things have been happening and it's been developing. and is looking good or not. Man, I mean, it's pretty classy. And And it's easy to start talking about our accomplishments and look how nice and man, did you hear so and so sing? And oh wow, I'm, and um, get them girl, get them all it's awesome! You did such awesome! You tore it up tonight. And there's so it's, it's uh, you start looking at just how the the good things was happening and how blessed we are. Uh, here's where it kind of gets a little starts getting rough. Um, I wish I had illustration to do this with. I didn't want to mess the carpet up, but if I had a glass of water here, I fill up to full and i drop a rock in there the law of physics says what's going to happen to the water inside the glass it's going to get displaced to the exact same size of what i put in it and so i can't put a a big rock in just have a little water come out how much are, it, two things can't occupy one spot at the same time okay um that is proven by people who text and drive um, you can't do two things at the same time. Now, you can switch back and forth a lot, but you absolutely can't do two things simultaneously. And so um, the little point of that is, is that if, if I'm focusing on making us better only, and I'm looking at how we can make this place better only, and I'm looking at how you're doing your part better and we're only spending time with each other, and man, it was like, we're going to get this polished and refined, we're going to make this beautiful, oh, and it's just us. There's a danger in that because we've become so self-centered that we've displaced all the opportunity for anything else to happen. Does that make sense? So it's like dropping, every time I'm dropping another me in my little picture, I push something else out. So the question is, what are we pushing out? And um, I'm concerned about that because there's a spiritual law of physics as well, that the more I have focused just on me, is the ultimate end about me, about you? No, it's, it's not. So every time I put another thing in me or about us, or and it, I'm glad. Let me say, I'm, don't, I, I want to be very careful. The reason why I said what I said at the beginning is because I am thrilled to be at a night school like this. I'm awed with, at, what, at what has happened for the leaders that have come out of IBC. It makes me feel good, whatever else. I can't take credit for it, but you know, God's doing what he's doing. And like I say, I would, I'm happy just to have served as fixing the heat in the middle of the night just so you guys can freeze to death or something. Um, but the point is, it's a privilege to be able to have served God. But but if it's only us, it's only our worship, it's only our needs, it's like every prayer meeting is about us, 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 us. Is anybody getting left out or displaced or pushed out? So, so is it important that we... Um, we really uh protect ourselves let's say uh from the outside world and for example this here um there's a little candle there and i'm going to say that that is uh let's say uh the spirit of evangelism or god's fire burn in our life as far as evangelism reaching out to the lost goes and so i want to protect that little thing man i want to you know it's it's out there and i if the fans came on the air conditioning might make the flame flicker a little bit and so i might be thinking well how can i protect this little flame so it doesn't go out and so I said, well, I'm going to protect this thing. I'm going to put this nice little uh, device right here that will keep that little flame from going out. And there it is. And see how nicely and pretty that little flame is burning there? And uh, it's just doing really well and happy. And, man, it, it looks nicer anyway. It's got little fancy curves in that glass there. I maybe mean, it kind of helped it out a little bit, made it look really pretty. And, uh, man, I'm glad that just is just, just, does that flame look like it's getting dimmer to you? Um, man, it's really getting dim now, isn't it? Oh man, what, do we need to put? Oh, wait a minute! Did it just go out? Why the flame go out? We prettyed it up so much; they couldn't get oxygen. Thank you, Thomas. And so, um, good or bad? If, if we get so good, so talented, that people are awed of the skill, like, whoa, wow, that preaching, that they don't see him, good or bad. And and the people I'm mostly concerned about is, as a matter of fact, I have a fear. I don't have a fear that you won't serve God. God's going to use you. You're going to be preaching conferences and blessed and shouters and worshipers and And, you know, okay, so some people might fall by the wayside or whatever. Uh, I'm in awe, like I said, what God can do with a group of people. matter of fact, let's go back to those first years. Uh, I'll try to be careful for the podcast so those of you who recognize who you are, if you're listening in, you won't be too mad at me. But anyway, uh, so I remember uh, student X, we'll call him. And student X... uh, Came to school and man was uh, attitude. I mean, cocky attitude. And it's like pff, everything's like pff, pff, church. God, pff. it's like I'm thinking like, man, do you even love God? And uh, very carnal. Uh, was an influencer to spread carnalism throughout. He had all nine gifts of flesh in operation in his life. Um, he's just he's just there. And so anyway, um, I remember I actually asked him one day. I said, hey Bro, I says, why are you in Bible school? Because, I mean, nothing matched up. If he had a chance to sleep through class, he's in bed. And he said, well, actually, I have to be here. Sad. I promised my mom when her dying bed that I would go. She asked me to go to Bible school and make, make me promise that I would. And so I told her I would. So I have to keep my promise to my mom. She passed on. And that's the reason why he's in Bible school. What would you say the good chances of success is there? But you know what? He's pastoring in church today. Bless God. Man, I mean, while he was at school, man, something, the fire ignited and just kicked in and just became the opposite. He became a positive influence for his peers and is pastoring in a church. And I'm thinking, like, wow, there is a God. Uh, <laughs> I remember kid number two, he's a pastor's kid. He hated his life. I, mean, I living in a glass house. Everyone's always inspecting me. He's so I hate it so bad. I just want to go out and backslide so people get off my back. And he said, and he was very talented, whatever else. Anyway, he said, coming to, to IBC was like my little sanctuary where I could escape. He said, I would have surely failed where I was at. But this became my little refuge hideout place where I could just get alone, kind of regroup, rethink this. And he said, God got a hold of his heart. and helped him iron out the difficulties of the mess of life. He's pastoring a church of 700 people now. So, my point is, God will do awesome things. I don't have a problem with that. But what happens if we get in our ministry, we get so consumed with building our little toys, talking just about us, that the fire goes out? And the world, the loss, can't see. Um, you know, if the fire goes out because we're too much about ourselves, and we lost our heart for evangelism, we lost our, our real purpose Why we're still in the world. And look, am I in the world because this is the only place we can praise God? Actually, I think a lot of people are praising God in heaven. So if it's just to praise God, let's just go to heaven and get it over with. So why are we still on earth? Yeah, it's, it's a loss. And so if I can't, if, if all my toys drowned out the fire, then what you do is you get yourself a little fake one. Uh-oh. Come on, baby, you can do this. There it is. Get yourself a little fake fire. Put the real stuff aside. Put your little pretty shrine right on top there, and there it is. Is it going to go out? No, but is it the real deal? No, it's fake. Do we become fake just to maintain our prettiness? Do I trust more the gizmo gadgets and toys and whatever else so that the world will go like, "Woo, pretty light, man, you're shining," but there's no Jesus there, there's no anointing there, there's no work of the lost being saved. And so, uh, I guess the title of my message today kind of go to this tune, is the people I'm really worried about is not this crowd right here. I've seen God work in your lives, and he's doing great things, and I am sure I'm speaking. Matter of fact, it's kind of hard failing people for room inspection, because you might be my district superintendent someday. You might say, hey, Sleeve, I remember you failed me, dude. <laughs> hey, you live long enough, to It switches. So the question being is that, yeah, the group I'm really concerned, or I, I feel is in danger. Today is, it's people I can't reach. Yeah, I can't reach them. The reason I can't reach them is because they may not be born yet. They may not have moved to this city yet. And so... I would like to reach out to them, but I can't. Only you can. And so it's going to be the people born in your lifetime. It's the people I'm worried about are the people on the other side of the fence. It's the people that, if they see a fake light, they're not going to be attracted. So I take your attention to John um, for our little Bible text. John chapter 4, verse 3. Jesus is, um, well, uh, notice the way how the Scripture words this. John chapter 3. Sorry, John chapter 4, verse 3. And it says, and he must needs... Go through Samaria. Verse 3 started by saying he left Judea. He departed again to Galilee. So Jesus is on a little trip here. He's leaving Judea. He's up north. Uh, he departed into Galilee. And he must needs go. Sorry, the other way around. He's heading north to Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. He must needs. It means of a necessity. He has to pass through Samaria. What did Jews do about Samaria. Do they like Samaria? No. Why? They're a mixed breed. Prejudice. Don't need them. They don't have all the nice flowy robes. They're not all religious like we are. We're not the pure breed. We don't have it classy together. And and, uh, so Jews, mostly, what they do when they came to Samaria, it's in the way. They walk around the place. They took extra miles, no problem. If we're not walking through that little dirty scumbag town, and they would dodge it. And Jesus, on the other hand, he just he said, you know, I, I must needs go through Samaria. Um, I don't think the disciples even picked up on that. But Jesus had a rendezvous with somebody. There was people he was trying, someone he was trying to reach, and so when he's sitting there, um, there's a well there, as you know the story. I'm not going to rehearse the whole story. Uh, a woman comes there to get a drink, and he asks her for a drink of water, just a way of engaging a conversation. And in engaging the conversation, um, she starts saying, Well, you know, who are you? Where's this water at? And then he says, Well, if you knew who I was. I and so he starts revealing pretty much who he is, and she comes to conclusions, Sir, I think you're a prophet. And uh, and so uh, she always starts interrupting, saying, oh, Well, now, so how are we supposed to really worship right and whatever? And Anyway, the point was when he calls her out, she says, Whoa. And she just, she gets on fire. She's the real fire. And <laughs> she's running through town telling everybody, Come see this man. And about the time she's leaving, that's when her, his, sorry, his disciples are showing up. And if we just read, well, let's try verse uh, 34. The, the part right before that, John chapter 4:34. 34. The disciples come back and they say, Hey, Jesus, grab a bite to tea, man. We've got your lunch ready to go. we got to carry out from McDavid's or whatever it was that they had there. And, um, and he tells them, he says, look, I got food to eat that you guys don't even know about. And they're like, did someone give him food or something? You know, I don't get it. And uh, he says, to the disciples are saying to one another, has "Amen brought him out to eat? And verse 34 says, Jesus said to them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And to, what's the next word? Finish his work. Now, I'm convinced we got started. But I want us to finish his work. And he says, Say not, there yet four months, and then comes the harvest. The instructions were, Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they're white, already to harvest. So if we just always come together and we just pray for ourselves, I'm praying for God, bless me, give me a good sermon, because I'm preaching to other Christians, and we're always with our little Christian group, we're always in our little monastery, we're in our little special segregated from the world, and, and, and we're always, you know, I mean, we're, <clears throat> we're on fire for God, and God's doing great things in our midst, yes, 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 and I'm glad we're more talented, I'm glad we're, we're using everything we have for the Lord, we're pouring into our whole life and heart, that's awesome! I'm glad we have nicer buildings now. It makes it easier for people to come. I'm glad we have nicer cars to travel in. They don't break down. I was at a fall retreat, I was at a retreat in Germany one time. We were so ghetto poor back in the day in Europe. Uh, that out of that retreat, I think 14 cars broke down on the way to this retreat. I mean everyone was driving old school fender flappers. And uh, <laughs> it's like we were just having a hard time just getting at the retreat site to have church. Uh, my point is I'm glad for all the things God's given to us. But if all we focus on is ourselves, it's always our own needs. What are you doing today? And it's always just us, 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 us. And the world is Samaria somewhere over there, and we avoid it. How are you going to hear, folks? If we don't lift up our eyes and see that there's a field, and this is the, the people I don't want to fail, this is the people I feel I'm scared for, will you see them? Or will you be so busy having church, praying for yourselves, our own little group, that they just go right on by? I don't think the disciples would have caught the lady at the well. She became the best evangelist. She brought the whole town out to hear Jesus. And, and Jesus said, look, there's, he's trying to tell his disciples, look, there, there's, there's a harvest, and it's a work that you didn't even start, you didn't even plan. You, you're going to walk into someone else's labors. Someone else has got this all set up for you. But it's easy just to walk right by it and miss the lost. So here's, here's what I'm, I get worried about. If we start losing our vision for the lost, our eyes are not lifting to see what God wants to do, well, where does real energy from a church service come from? Like, um, compare two churches. These are imaginary churches, but I think you've had enough experience with different churches. Maybe you can relate to it. If you go to a church where there's been a revival and at least 15, 20 people have gotten the Holy Ghost in the last month, does a preacher have to get up there and go, come on, folks, can't you worship a little bit? Come on, lift your hands, please lift your hands. Let's worship the Lord a little bit. You know, I know push through your problems. Is that what he has to do? Is he have to beg and cheerlead? No, what are they doing? Man, those conversations. They're running like shooting around everywhere, and they're, they're shouting, doing somersaults, whatever else. And I mean, they may even be running in their pantsuits still, and they haven't got quite figured out. They're supposed to be wearing dresses, whatever. But they're excited for God. They're like pumped and like, "Whoa, there's power here!" And how much does God flow? Is so He going, "Oh, well, they haven't got together yet." No, He's just He's just pouring it on them like crazy because they're about the kingdom. They've lifted their eyes up to see, oh, wow. matter of fact, uh, I'm having these mental analogies. I hope you can kind of picture these because I (laughs) I couldn't do this one either. Um, You can't take something away without putting something back in its place. And you can't put something into place unless you push something else out of the way. It's just, again, the laws of physics again. So if God starts pouring out his spirit on us, we just are a big tub and we're just holding it and he just keeps pouring in pouring in pouring in pouring in and I don't let nothing out I just hold right here I will become so heavy so overwhelmed his anointing is so much greater than I could ever fathom that it will literally bust me and I'll become so heavy I'll crush under the weight the only way you can survive is to let it flow out as fast as it flows in in other words didn't you say something like that? You can't outgive me. So, as long as you're letting it flow out real fast, I can just keep pouring it in. But if you're going to stop it up, uh, it will bend you and corrupt you. Could be with money, could be with success, spiritual success. If you all of a sudden start thinking, like, Wow, look what I've done, look, and it's all about me, and you start holding it in, and God keeps blessing, you're a short ways off from backsliding, going corrupt and messed up. It's only as you let it flow out that you give the praise, pass back up to Jesus, as you let, that, let the anointing fall wherever it wants to fall. Then he can just pour it on like crazy because it flows out. matter of fact, it's true of a, a roof. If, you didn't have a, if roofs did not have a drains to drain off the, the water that lands up there, have uh, you ever tried picking up a bucket of water? Is it light or heavy? Heavy. Can you imagine a whole roof full of water, like about two, three feet on it? Have you ever tried picking up a swimming pool? Folks, the trick is if you don't drain the roof real fast, you can crash the whole building. Matter of fact, if anybody lives on the East Coast or up north where it snows a whole lot, they literally get out and shovel their roof of their homes. You think, well, those dumb people up there with snow shovels on the roof, they're trying to keep their house from caving in. Because if snow keeps landing, keeps landing, keeps landing, it will crush the house. If God keeps blessing and keeps blessing and keeps blessing and you don't let nothing flow out, we'll self-destruct. I'm concerned that we just don't cloister all up and just say, look what God's doing for us. Let's just pray for each other. Let's just pray for our needs. And all I see is what we are. And I don't lift up my eyes and say, whoa, 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 I, there's a hungry, starving people. I need to let the Spirit of God flow out to them. I need to let the Holy Ghost begin just flow everywhere it wants to flow. I'm not holding on to anything. I'll give it away. As fast as it comes in, I'll pass it back out. When I have that attitude, when I can see needs, it's like, where can I go to? Where can I give to? Then, man, you're going to see revival like you've never seen before. My fear is if we just all huddle and just, it's our four, no more. And it's just, it's like, let's just get ourselves real polished and real good. And we'll just preach real good sermons to ourselves. By the way, where do we do most of our preaching? On the streets and in the church? In church. Where are most of sinners in the church or on the streets? Is there something backwards about that? So I, we can't just keep preaching ourselves. Or why should God pour any more on us? And so somehow we've got to raise our eyes. And the, the people I fear for are the people I can't touch, but you will. If you see them. Uh, any luck with that song? Um, technology doesn't like me, so whether the song actually comes off or not, will be a miracle in half um it's a real old school song sorry uh you may not even like the guy (laughs) but um he has a song that that deals with where we're at and it's about the fact of can you see the lost or and look um it may sound like it's a crabby song but i like for the holy ghost is to check our hearts and to say god where are we at really do we have the view that you want us to have, or we see just ourselves? Do I need to lift up my eyes? Do I need to look to see what you got going on, Lord? That there's a whole, there's a generation that's going to pass away, and it'll go right by us if we don't reach out and catch them. And somehow I'm asking that you not become uh, so encumbered with the cares of life. If you were, in some ways, were like the, the fire station. If we're a fire department, we got this nice, classy, brand new fire department. We got the nicest, up—I mean, first-class, state-of-the-art fire engines, man, with high-powered hoses, super hydraulic ladders that can reach unbelievable places, and we have all this high-tech stuff, oxygen super suits, and man, we are all about protecting ourselves from flames, and we got super suits on that you know can withstand 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, and we have all this stuff together, and it's like, wow, look how good, and we were, you know raising money and everything else to get better equipment, nicer, everything. The only problem is that our 911 line um, is a shared line with our social media. And we can't hear the calls. What good does it do to have a first-class operation if I'm not putting out any fires? I- I'd rather be standing in line with a bucket passing water down if that's all we can do. So without music, I know it's a little bit difficult for us to work without music. But if you just say, God, I want to change my focus. That's what I'm asking you to do. I'm saying, take your eyes off ourselves. And would you say, God, help me to focus on the lost. That's what I want you to put in there. To say, God, I can never afford in all your blessings, when you raise us up, you put in positions of leadership. We're pastoring youth groups, God. Somehow we still got to be reaching for the lost, God. Somehow God caused us to say that I can't just be blessed and just be thankful for material blessings and and the way you're doing the work and I got a chance to speak at some conference somewhere and not realize there's lost people all around us and so I pray that God would grip our hearts today and would you be willing to say God let me to look inside and say God am I really looking like you want me to look to the field and would you lift up our eyes I just we got plenty of time to pray I just like for you to cry out to the Lord right now and just says God would you help us Would you help us, Jesus? Would you help us, Jesus? Lord Jesus, I thank you because your power of your spirit, God, is able to work out. And I believe you had a message for us, God, that there's a danger, there's a self-destructive danger when we become only self-centered, God. We are not the main point, Jesus. Your desire, God, was to reach a world. You loved the world so much that you left the splendors of heaven, God. You suffered with no complaints whatsoever God and you were willing to lay down your life God this was what you were all about you set the best example possible for us God that we would be about people God we would not be about meals when the disciples were out shopping Lord you were out there reaching for a woman Lord and it had messed up problems and trashed up life God but you love so much God that you didn't put anybody and push anybody aside or away I pray God you'd help us Lord not to be looking, Lord, to our own blessings. This Christmas, it's real so easy, Lord, to want to comfort and want to be blessed. We're looking at our own little needs. We're saying how difficult we have it. Lord, I know that would be fixed instantly if we could just lose the the focus on ourselves, but we could focus on your kingdom. You are able to supply every need. You're able to pour out blessings more than we could ever imagine. You're able to allow anointing to come in a powerful way, God. I want our churches To be so alive with evangelism, God, it's no fake light, God. It's the genuine outpouring of your Holy Spirit, God, that grips our hearts, God. And that is our passion, our desire. Nothing else counts, Lord. They can steal the whole building. We can care less. We'll go to the streets and declare your word, God, because you're a mighty Savior, Lord, able to do exceedingly abundantly what we are even imagining right now, God. And so I ask that you would help us, Lord Jesus, in this time, God, that we could focus on you, Lord, that your kingdom, God, would come. And Lord, the lost that are not even here yet, God, we could be making intercession for them. Let agony, Lord, let a deep intercessory prayer grab our hearts, God, that says we cannot let loose, Lord, of Lord, that which you've called us to have, God. We want you more than anything else. We want your kingdom to come, God. That there may be an abundant amount of souls, God, from every tribe and nation, God. So if you're calling us to a foreign field, you're calling us to a home, you're calling us to people stealing stuff out of our cars right now, God. I pray in Jesus' name you'd help us right now, Lord, to be asking, God, that you lift up our eyes, God. That our view would not be towards us, God, but you change our focus, God, to those all around us. And I thank you, God, because you are doing great things, God. You've already started our blessing students with awesome opportunities, God, to be used by you, to declare your word, God. So how feeble or small it may be or know how excellent we try to do it, God, may it all be for your glory. Lord, may it all be for your namesake, God. We bless you, Jesus. We honor you, Lord Jesus. And I pray, God, you let our hearts, God, cause us, God, not to become so self-centered, God. So about our own needs, our own spiritual needs, God, that we fail. We need that, yes. But we also need to have a view for the lost, God, that we might have our purpose in you, Father. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I bless your name, Jesus. I bless your name, Jesus. I pray you speak to our hearts even now, God. Speak to our hearts even now, God. Help us to, to say yes to your kingdom, God. To say yes to your will, God. Open our eyes, God, to see what it is you want to do.